every time you go on Facebook and you put in your whatever ad spend, that money's gone. It goes down. Whoever's seen it, seen it. Once it's gone, it's gone. With podcasting, it's there and it has the potential to always be there and always be found by somebody who is searching for whatever your business does. The path to success is paved with fear, doubt, anxiety, and failure. For some people, it's just too much. Others have the grit and determination to overcome. These are their stories. Welcome to the When It Worked podcast. I am your host, Julian Leahy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the When It Worked podcast. You're with Julian Leahy, your host. My next guest is the founder of Stringcast Media, an audio-first media company based in London. They have a their own podcast, a science fiction podcast called Scares, which is a top 10 sci-fi and top 50 fiction podcast, which they achieved in around about a year's, a year's time. Uh, welcome to the show, Sam. Very interested in talking to you. Hi. Hi, Julian. Nice to meet you. Now, um, I did have a bit of a chat. Tell us a bit about Stringcast Media. So, yeah, Stringcast Media is an audio-first media company. That's just a fancy way of saying we make podcasts at the moment. And, yeah, we've made an audio drama called Scarce. Like Julian said, it's doing pretty well in the charts. We also have another show out called People Explained, which is just an interview-based podcast, nothing like an audio drama, something more like what me and Julian are doing here, just a nice informal chat. And yeah, that's literally about it. Stringcast Media, we love audio, anything audio related, hit us up. And uh, we're tired of hearing people kind of say, oh, the video guy should do audio. No, let the audio guy do audio and let the video guy do what he does best. Right, so you're the audio guy and, um, and you studied audio at university, is that correct? Yeah, I studied music. Well, the, the, the long title was Creative Music Production, but yeah, I studied music at university. Yeah, and you did a lot of the tech side of of audio production. And um, from my understanding, one of your projects was to create a production, and that's that how you led yourself down the path of creating Scarce. And um, you know, I'm I'm interested in the business side of it. Um, how did you go in your transition from leaving university to developing a business how did you get clients can you tell us a bit about that yeah so to get to that part i have to jump all the way back to the actual part of i was a mature student in university so i was about 23 24 i'd been to university before to study accounting and finance i had a career in finance i had a job as a stockbroker as well after my career in finance and none of those things fulfilled me. But what I realized is I had picked up a lot of skills along the way. So I already had sales skills, you know, networking skills, an understanding of how businesses run and operate and all that kind of stuff. So coming into my music degree, as much as I was doing it just to kind of scratch an itch, when I was saying to everybody, I'm going to start a business, everyone's like, oh, how do you know what to do? It's like, well, I've already worked in a lot of businesses. I've already, you know, sold things before. What's the difference between selling my skills and building my own business? So the second I came out, I was still working on Scarce. I had two episodes written and I was like, right, I need other voice actors to get this thing going. So asked the first voice actor that I'd hired, do you know any more voice actors? Of course, she said yes. And I had two voice actors now, two extra voice actors, so three in total. And, you know, we agreed a price. I paid them that price every episode. And as the season started going on, I was like, right, it's all well and good me spending my savings building out this show. I need clients. I need to be doing work for other people or people need to pay me to do something with audio. So I, I just jumped on LinkedIn. And to be honest, my LinkedIn wasn't completely neglected, but it definitely wasn't where it 
it should have been. I don't even remember what picture I had up at the time or anything like that. But, I, you know, I tried my best to make my LinkedIn as professional as possible, but not in that spammy, emoji-laden type way where I'm posting think pieces all the time. And I, I just interacted with everybody that I already had on there, kept adding people that I thought I could work for, people that I found interesting along the way, or anybody that interacted with me on LinkedIn. I treated it as almost as if all these people were in the same room as me and I could kind of jump around and talk to them. And so I got talking to this one guy. He owned a video production company. And I was like to him, you know, oh, I love what you're doing, like genuinely, not in that fake kind of, oh, I'm trying to sell you to I was like, I like what you're doing, you know, keep it up. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. What are you doing? I was like, I'm doing this. He's like, oh, cool. If I have anything for you in the future, I'll let you know. And I was, you know, didn't think much of it. And, you know, kept up a, a nice, friendly kind of chat going as you do in the business world. You just touch base with people and see what's going on. And one day he came to me and said, look, I'm working on this project. And as much as I'm doing the audio, as much as my company and I are doing the audio, I feel like we need someone who is specialized in audio. I said, no problem. I've got you. Bearing in mind, this is my first ever client, first ever paying client. And I I did my best. I, you know, I said, send me the files. We'll sit, discuss what it is you need. And we'll get going from there. And I gave it my best. And that person now is a longstanding client of mine. Been a client for over 18 months now. And if I'm honest, I don't have any kind of secret hack of how to get clients. It's mainly about being somewhere whether that's online offline and displaying your work or just starting conversations you're not always it's not like i'm selling a product that you can go see make a decision for yourself and buy i'm selling people an experience i'm selling people a quality of work which they won't really be able to realize unless they kind of trust me as a person to handle that side of things for them and um yeah linkedin is something that um i have neglected and i've i've I'm addressing a lot of the social media platforms now and LinkedIn's on my next one. And um, can you give us an idea of what sort of, what are you doing content-wise on LinkedIn? To be honest, I don't post on LinkedIn. The reason why I don't post, and it sounds silly as someone who owns a content company, you know, in, in essence, a content company, I don't post because I just, I feel like the market there is a whole bunch of these think pieces and threads and polls. And I, I'm not that type of person. I just don't have that type of thing in me. So what I do is interact with a lot of people. So the people that are doing all that kind of stuff, you know, the useful non-spammy people that aren't trying to say anything, I interact with them, I comment, I I react. And from there, you tend to get a lot of conversations started for either yourself or, you know, you start them in the DMs for yourself or you find other people that interact with you and then you add them and you talk to them there. So as for posting on LinkedIn, it's something that I should do more especially because of the nature of my shows. I should post a lot of that content there, but I've just found that the return on reward isn't that great. And it's a long hustle that you have to do of get this, you know, this made into this way and this formatted like that and da 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 da. And it really takes away from the kind of quality of what I like to do, which is making audio and actually making the product. In, in kind of, you know, the near distant future, I would hire a, a, you know, a social media person to do that type of work for me. But at this moment in time, what I'm doing on social media is definitely like hundreds of times, like a hundred times over, not the thing you should do. For most people, yeah, posting feels good, having stuff out there and interacting feels good. But for me personally, it's like I know how to make what I'm making. I don't need to post as much as, as most other people do. Some people post to kind of get interest. I have enough interest. I have enough clients for now. So as things grow and expand, then yes, yeah, social outreach will be more of a thing. But 
in my industry, I feel it's it's sort of a waste of time. It's more direct contact to person to person than it is kind of shooting out a massive uh, net and seeing what you catch. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and you're creating content as far mm. as podcasts. So yeah, um, tell us a bit about um, podcasting as a marketing tool. Yeah. So for me, I feel like every company and this is this is a very big statement but i genuinely believe this every company should have a podcast in some form it doesn't need to be weekly it doesn't need to be an interview based thing but there is a a very very underserved market here of people that love to listen to audio and would most likely listen to your content and that doesn't mean you're gonna have an audience of a million people two million people something like that it could be a hundred two hundred people but what you can do through podcasting is speak to your ideal customer or client directly and spend a long time with them. Think about an Instagram post. You scroll past that in two, three seconds. Okay, if it's a video, you sit there for a minute and watch it. With a podcast, you're there with your customer or client for half an hour, an hour's time, and they're spending time with your brand. And think of it like a relationship of getting a, a girl or a guy or you know whatever you're into. The more time you spend with them, the more they're likely to be open to you know investing in you or spending money with you, or spending time with you. And that is where podcasting comes into the marketing world, is every, honestly, every company, every brand should have some form of podcast. Doesn't need to be weekly, could be a series of, you know, 10 episodes that you put in your email footer. But in a marketing respect, it's literally about spending time with your customer or client. It's not about constantly selling them or anything like that. You can even offer them a, a discount code at the end of each episode. But you know the people that would have got to the end of each episode have have heard all of what you said and they're going to be a, a better person to convert more so than somebody that you just kind of find on Instagram or find through paid outreach. And to develop a, po- a podcast is expensive for a corporate client. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a couple thousand pounds or dollars you know but the return on investment is the fact that you spend this money once and that podcast is there you know touch wood unless the internet goes down and we all live in the apocalypse forever whereas every time you go on facebook and you put in your whatever ad spend that money's gone it goes down whoever's seen it seen it once it's gone it's gone with podcasting it's there and it has the potential to always be there and always be found by somebody who is searching for whatever your business does and it's not just the audio, is it? I mean, you you can repurpose the content and you can do so much with it. Um, what I wanted to talk about, Sam, somebody asked me this two days ago, is like they wanted to know when they're supposed to be pitching in their podcast and like they wanted to do affiliate offers. And I felt like you, you shouldn't really be focusing on that. But there is a time when you are trying to sell something. Can you tell us about how you go about actually sort of pitching whatever you're selling in your podcast and when you should do it? Right. Well, if you listen to any of my shows, we actually don't have any of them monetized. And that is, you know, I guess a conscious decision by myself. We've declined offers for monetization on both Scarce and People Explained It. And that's because I'm focused on the experience of listening to the audio. But there is a time and a place to advertise. And as much as this sounds kind of very kind of scammy and salesy, what you want to do is not advertise first thing up in the, you know, in the beginning of your episode. Start the episode for a bit to have your little introduction, maybe the first couple minutes or half a minute of chat. 
and then go into your advertising break. That is technically a pre-roll ad, but what it does is the person's already put their phone away, got their headphones in, they're off doing what they're doing. They won't have time to skip that, so they're more likely to hear your advertisement. So, you know, if, if you have an introduction, just like Julian did here where he introduced me, you go to yourself, okay, cool, the introduction's done, and you go, and now for a word from our sponsors, or you go into your little sales pitch, but try to keep it brief. 15 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute long advert. All I'm doing is pressing skip twice on my thing and your advert's gone now. Like I'm not listening to it. There's no way to stop me skipping your adverts. Now with mid-roll ads, the ads that come in the middle of your show, it's a different type of thing. It really depends on the context of your show. And there is an art form to transitioning from say an, in an interview like this into an advert now. So I could be halfway through a sentence right now and then you'd hear like a nice sound, like a whoosh or something or a little bit of music that kind of lets the listener know it's advertising time. It's all about, God, sorry, there's an ice cream van outside as I saw talk about music and ice cream shows up. I don't know if you could hear that. But as you know, as you get the listener comfortable with knowing it's time for them to be advertised to, they can either relax into it or they can run from it. And you don't really want to be trying to tricking your listener or forcing them to hear your adverts. They should want to hear them. So if you're selling your own products in a mid-roll ad, you go, do you know what I do? I do this. And to be honest, I'm really good at it. Because I'm really good at it, you should go to my website and buy my thing or go to my website, download my free course or join my email thing. Thank you for listening. Da, 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 back to the interview. And that's your little 30 seconds there with the listener. You can also do them at the end. So the three points you hit would be the pre-roll, mid-roll and the post-roll. Post-roll is a bit useless because apparently most people only listen up until the point they know the episode's ending or until they've got what they wanted to like 70 to 80% through. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So when you get to post-roll, what you really, really want to do is bring in everything together. So be like thanking the guest or, you know, saying thanks to the listener. This is where you can find this. This is where you can find that. It would be less of an advert and more of like a recap of the things they would have heard in the pre-roll and in the mid-roll. That is my own personal opinion. And in the industry now, people are actually abolishing uh, post-roll. They're selling post-roll with mid-roll or pre-roll and post-roll together. They're really trying to find a way to, to get post-roll sold because no one wants their thing at the end. And yeah, it, it's just one of those things. But as for people that have their own podcast and are selling their own product, people are already invested in you for listening to your podcast. So don't be afraid to let the introduction run, let the first 15, 20, however long your show is, let that time run and then come in with an ad break where you kind of, like I said, have a whoosh or some kind of music that's playing. And in that music or over that music, you go, hey, my name's Steve and I sell Steve's awesome coaching masterclass course. You know, you're listening to my podcast right now, which means you might be interested in the product that I sell. The product that I sell is available here. Use my discount code or join my email list. Honestly, do not be afraid to sell to your listeners because at the end of the day with podcasting, unlike YouTube, you can skip the ad without having to wait five, 10 seconds. It's, it's fairly simple. But yeah, if I'm honest, any of the listeners that are having kind of questions or you know, queries about how, how best to advertise in their show, reach out to me and I'll be more than happy to, for free, look at your show or listen to your show and say, oh, this is probably why you can't advertise or this is why you should advertise. You know, this is how you could write a script for this and that. I'm always more than willing to help people. And I feel like a lot of companies out there are trying to charge extortionate fees for promising you ads or, you know, helping you to get advertised, monetized. And to be honest, at the end of the day, I'd rather see more people making money from podcasting than people paying me to help them maybe make money. Right. And um, 
One other thing that I think is is an issue is that sometimes people focus on that whole monetizing thing before they've really got a good concept for a podcast. Can you yeah. tell me what what are some things that make a good podcast and you know what should people what sort of process should people have to to make sure they've got something that people are going to be interested in? Yeah, so first thing you want to decide is the format. Is it an interview-based thing? Is it a fiction-based thing, you know, so kind of like a more structured thing, or is it free-form chat? I honestly tell people to avoid this whole free-form chat type bullshit. I don't know if I can swear on here, but I already have, so if you have to bleep it out, I'm sorry. No, no, you but... can't. Do okay. Like... <laughs> okay, so yeah, if it's a free-form chat, avoid that at all costs. Yeah, you and your mates think you're funny, the majority of people will not find that funny. And even the shows you listen to that you like where you find those people funny, that is a one in a million chance where you're more likely to see success is in the more structured or interview-based type stuff. So to make a good podcast, put effort in. Now, putting effort in doesn't mean that you have to overdo it and have a set list of questions that you kind of you kill the flow of the conversation learning how to interview people is a skill and when i started people explained i'd never really interviewed anyone for an hour long or that type of thing i've only ever had general conversations and being a kind of conversationalist person obviously in this regard i'm doing most of the talking because i'm being interviewed but when you are interviewing someone it's all about letting your guests speak Julian's given me all the time in the world to speak. And when I've, you know, left a nice long silence for a couple of seconds, he pipes in with his next question or his follow-up question. So learn how to interview people. But if you're a solo podcaster, which I know a lot of you out there are solo podcasters, right? Have your script down. It doesn't have to be a word for word script, but have your talking points, know what you can ramble on and make sense about, and also learn how to speak confidently. That's another thing I'm willing to help people do is learn how to speak confidently, cutting out the ums and the ahs and the stutters. Obviously, they creep in every now and again. I stutter, I go, mm, ah, whatever. But when you're speaking on your podcast, your best voice or your best kind of content should be put forward. So from there, that's where you have your little scripts or your little bullet points that you speak about. So how to make a good podcast? Yeah, you get your equipment in order. You get all that kind of stuff. Make sure you're sounding good. But also the content has to be valuable. And if, you're, if your podcast has a theme, then stick to that theme, please. If your podcast is about music, unfortunately, I don't want to hear about what you ate for dinner last night. And, you know, if your podcast is about business, yeah, it'd be great to hear about your kids. But consider what type of show do you have here and if it is kind of beneficial to your listener to hear do you know what i have three kids and it's tough to be a business owner with three kids cool if you're talking about what jimmy was doing the other day in the garden i'm sorry i don't care like i'm the listener here i'm here for good content and good content only so making a good podcast literally is all about sticking to you know sticking to your your focus area your niche or your subject area as well as having some form of structure or some form of experience to rely on. Some people jump in at the deep end and start a podcast about something they're learning as they go, but I always suggest that people do something or try to make a podcast about something they already love or that they already enjoy doing so that that can kind of push the level of content up to a higher standard than it would have been if they were just learning as they went along. Yeah, and it's fun to do if you're in, if you're interested in something. It's 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 so much easier to produce content on it, whereas you don't want to have to force yourself to do something that you're not really passionate about. Yeah, Pod, podcasts. I mean, um, podcasts are wide open, and they're a growing audience. And um, sometimes I've heard people say, "Oh, you know, 
podcasts are, all, you know, they've been and gone. But it's just mm. completely untrue because you think about all of those people who drive to work, they go to the gym, and they love to have audio. And then the devices, everyone's got a phone. You know, the market is growing. And yeah. you hopefully know that you should be producing content. And I, I really think that um, podcasting is one of the, the greatest things you can do if you have a business or you're trying to build your own profile online. So um, you need to speak to somebody like Sam who really has put spent a lot of time uh, working on this, building, you know, what is the good way to do it. He knows what to do. So, uh, and like he said, he will have a chat to you for free and just give you some advice. Um, now, the best way to reach Sam is Stringcast Media, string, like a guitar string, castmedia.com. And um, I will put all of Sam's details on the When It Worked blog, whenitworked.com, so all his social media stuff and everything like that. If you're out there and you're, you're wondering why you're not getting any traction with your marketing, it's probably because you need to do a podcast. So I recommend you have a chat to Sam. Thanks for coming on, Sam. Oh, thank you so much, Julian. That was so brief. I thought it was an hour long thing, but hey, we're in and out. And I love that. I love a quick little podcast. Yeah, well, sometimes I get good info and somebody speaks really well and they sum up what they're doing. And I think, well, I think we've got it in the can. Oh, perfect. I, I hope I did that. And I hope I didn't waffle on too much. No, there was no waffle. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you next time on another episode.